Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, episode 38, and we have a special guest, which is usually Craig's job to introduce that guest, so I'll just stay in my lane, I'll do my job like Bill Belichick likes to say. I'm Carmine at Carmine's Cards, the sports and news broadcaster, originally from Westchester County, New York, now in Southern Oregon, but on the move to South Carolina, still repping the Knicks, if you're watching on the Crosstown Cardboard YouTube and of course, my great friend Craig at New York City Sports Cards on Instagram, just celebrating the last day of school at his high school. He's really on a high, and I think that's going to carry over into episode 38 today. And real quick, before we get into our great guest who's full-time in the hobby, we want to ask you to like, subscribe, rate, review, uh, wherever you listen to or watch Crosstown Cardboard, and we appreciate you tuning in and coming on this hobby journey with us. So, Craig, why don't you introduce our next guest on Crosstown Cardboard? Carmine, great to see you. Excited for your move. And excited okay. to introduce a friend and a familiar face in the hobby. So, yes. just to give you a brief context, Emily, uh, Miss Emily Pineda we have with us. She works at Cards and Coffee, the best card shop in New York City. Many know it as uh, Bleecker Trading, which is located next door. Emily's got an amazing story where she grew up in the Bay Area, went to St. John's, now lives in New York City, and she works full-time at a card store. So, Emily, I'm going to let you take it away, but that's a pretty incredible story and pretty unique, and this is your first podcast? Um, my first sports card pertaining card podcast. Sports card podcast. Go figure. Yeah. So you have so. an amazing story, and I kind of want to hear, hear how you went from here to there. There we go. Well, I'll begin by saying thanks, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Super pumped to get the message inviting me, so um, looking forward to this. Um, but to begin, like you were saying, I'm from the Bay Area. During the pandemic, I moved back home, was living with my parents, um, kind of jumping around between a few jobs. Uh, I eventually landed as a bank teller, a commercial bank teller, um, which <laughs> I did that for a few months. And it didn't take very long to figure out that that's not what I was passionate about. Um, I had a lot of friends that were still living out here. So I took a trip last April to visit, stumbled into Bleecker Trading, um, who I'd seen on Instagram before. It was kind of one of those things where I was just like, oh, I know these guys. Like, I follow you. Stumbled in, met some of the guys. It was a great time. Um, trip was only about a week or so. Flew home, back to the same old, same old in the bank. Um, and, uh, excuse me. My boyfriend, who also went to St. John's, uh, is finishing up. So he was like, what do you say we just go back out there, move back out? And I was all for it. Um, but I kind of made a little promise to myself. And I was like, the next job I do and the job I'm going to do in New York is going to be something that I enjoy doing and something that I'm passionate about and want to do. Um, and so the job hunt went on for a few weeks, kind of from back home. It's not going anywhere. Just kind of just flipping through my cards one night and was like, you know what? Shoot or shoot. <laughs> so I DM'd Bleaker on Instagram. I reached out, got in touch with Jacob, who uh, passed me on over to Ben. And it was kind of right around the time uh, Cards and Coffee had joined in on the partnership. And they were looking for full-time retail associates. And um, the rest is history. Started last August, kind of coming on a year now. Haven't looked back. <laughs> 
Wow, that's yeah. awesome. And uh, I got to meet Jacob over at the Burbank Card Show. He's a listener of Crosstown Cardboard, so that was cool. And a great, great so, friend. Jacob, yeah, great dude. he seemed like a really good guy. So, Emily, that's a wild story of, you know, taking risks, taking chances, and then following your passion. So what's it been like since, you know, last summer, coming up on a year now, working at Cards and Coffee? Like, what has been surprising to you about working in the store or some things that you've really liked so far? Um, for me, what was at first really surprising is honestly the foot traffic. Um, I like fully dove into the hobby, like I was saying, over the pandemic. So everything was pretty remote and virtual and online. Um, but within like my first few days working and just seeing like we probably average like 50 people in and out a day. And they're all that ranges from newbies to like seasoned vets of collecting. So I initially off the bat, like that was the biggest surprise to me. Um, and I mean, as the year's gone on, I think just every day you just meet so many different people. And a big thing being in the West Village of New York is just the people from all over the world, I think has been probably the coolest part of my job. Um, a little cool side story. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this before, but I'm half Filipino. And um, we've actually had a few customers come in from the Philippines. Most recently, a few weeks ago, there was a, uh, a girl and her boyfriend in from the same town that my family is from in this tiny province in the Philippines. So that wow. was- Wow, no kidding. What'd they get? Um, he was really looking for Halliburton and I don't think we had any Tyrese Halliburton on deck. They did leave with some free shirts, courtesy of me. So awesome. they can't say they were empty handed. Love that. And that's been probably just being a brick and mortar and having such like a reach has probably been the most surprising thing. You alluded to being in the West Village. You're in the most popping area of New York City. So if you've never been to Bleecker or Cards and Coffee, I try to paint the picture for people who are coming into town. Just think two storefronts in New York City, uh, like a regular size, could be the size of a bodega, right? And in the back, there's a backyard area that connects the two. So you operate the left side of the store, which is the day-to-day -day LCS, buying, selling wax, buy, sell, trade cards. So I love going in there because you and Ben and Aaron are just like your local neighborhood familiar face, like going to the deli and getting a bacon, egg and cheese from the hock. You know, it's just familiar love and it's like a warm smile coming in. So that's why I love what you do. But that's pretty cool. So have you seen any of celebrities that have popped by while you were uh, in the Jonas Brothers? Oh, yeah. And that that's uh, my favorite story to tell. Um, <laughs> so we've got we've gotten a bunch. Um, I'll list off a few other ones before I, I get into the fun story. But um, to begin, I want to say like in, within my first month, the door swung open and I was just kind of doing something. I looked up and it was just Cole Anthony was standing right in front of me and Ben. Wait. We kind of were like, wow. I was like, oh my god! And uh, he was all business. He just wanted Pokemon cards, which was sweet. Could not be bothered by the hundreds of basketball cards and wax we had on the wall. Um, that one was cool. I missed Alec Baldwin. He stumbled in once. And then another really cool one, um, Jason Biggs from American Pie, is actually somewhat of a regular. He's got like a young son that is uh, getting into the scene. And Interesting. He's the coolest guy ever, but that's been a fun one. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the, the headlining act. Um, Ooh, big story. It was probably the slowest day I've had all year. And it was me, Chris, and Ben in the front. We're all off doing like our own kind of things. Like I'm doing inventory. 
Ben's on the computer doing something and Chris is um, like comping cards and door swings open. I don't really look up. I hear Ben talk and then I heard them respond and I looked up and it was Joe Jonas and his wife, Sophie Turner, Lady Sansa from Game of Thrones, which I'm a big fan of. Bro. And just jaw on the floor. And they were super nice walking around again, big Pokemon heads. So that's kind of what they were mainly interested in. Um, pointed out like a few boxes to them, but you could kind of tell they were just like in the area of wanted to see what the store was all about. They leave and we were just all kind of like, oh my God, like that was really cool. That literally that Friday, he came back in with a friend and was like doing a little more serious shopping, like looking around. Um, he had his eye on like all of our super old kind of more vintage booster boxes, which run a higher price. So we were kind of just going back and forth with that. And he was like, okay, great. I'll be back for it. We didn't think much of it. Months passed, and then him and Kevin came in, heart set on that box. Um, we worked out a little deal. They're great negotiators. Them and Ben came into a nice, reasonable deal. Um, and yeah, they were so cool and offered to like live stream it on our account for us. And that was that. They ended up uh, leaving some cards with us to get graded, and they'll be back. <laughs> so the connection's not done yet no. with the Jonas Brothers and Cards and Coffee. Wow. Unreal. <laughs> How about That's that first story? So yeah, you have, you have such a unique experience. I, I talked to Carmine about, you know, we want to get guests on from other cities to kind of get a feel for what's it like being a collector in, in your city? And I think, granted, yes, you work in a shop, but I think you offer a really good perspective of what it's like to be a card collector in New York City, where you have these celebrities popping in, but at the same time, it's mostly kids after school, buying packs, selling trading. You get that daily. Oh yeah, especially like in the fall and the winter. Every every day around three o'clock, we kind of brace ourselves for the rush. Um, it's it's a lot of negotiating going on. No no deals for slabs. Deals for slabs are rarely met, but they're probably our number one customers when it comes to like our pack selection. Um, and that's just that's that's always fun because you can tell a crew will roll up and it'll always be like one expert. And he's just trying to convince all of his other friends to kind of go in on like <laughs> or like some blasters and stuff. And it's it's super fun to just see. Um, I grew up in a city. I grew up in San Francisco. So I'm no stranger to just kind of hanging out and seeing where the streets take you after school. Um, so it's really fun to be on the other side of the country and kind of see that same experience. Um, I went to like a Catholic school as well. So seeing the little kids in their uniforms pull up, it's pretty nostalgic for me. It's awesome. That's great. Oh, we always love, you know, nice stories about kids, especially when they're negotiating or, you know, trying to be more adult like than they really are. That's that always I always get a kick out of that. Um, so, Emily, you were mentioning one of your coworkers was comping cards and stuff like that. Do you get a lot of people who come and try to sell you their collections or cards? And if so, what's your guideline of buying those? Like what percentage of comps do you guys try to get, you know, and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I'd say predominantly when it comes to like our slabs, um, I'd say probably like 70% of them do come from just coming in the door, people trying to sell it for us. Um, we don't necessarily, while we're open, like in our DMs, we don't do a lot of deals like virtually or over the phone. So we always okay. encourage people to come in with their collections. Um, a big guideline for us is mainly buying graded because it pretty easy for people to get carried away when they have their binders and everything in um 
just to make it simpler for us, we can stick to graded mainly. Um, when buying, we seasonality is important, as you guys know. So, for example, like right now, I'm not really trying to buy any basketball. Um, the deal's great, which it should be, because they're a little down, then we're, we're all for it. But like the moment we're buying football, if someone were to come in with their slabs, we'd let them know. We try and be firm at 75%, but that often wavers. Um, and that would be for buying, but a big thing for us is giving people the ability to trade in or use the store credit as well. And so for that, we'd be like closer to 80%. Nice. That seems pretty fair. I mean, especially for a card store that has liquidity to provide, you know, you'd imagine a lot more readily than somebody you're DMing with. And then ideally, or with the, with the store credit, that's even better. Cause then you can, you know, trade that in for something that you guys might've gotten at 75, 80%. And then continue, like almost like compound interest, keep that wheel turning. Yeah. Yeah, I've done plenty of deals with you guys. And uh, I've never been to Burbank, but they seem like, I mean, Carmen, you said it at the show, but never been to the Burbank shop. But I assume we've all seen content from them. We kind of get what goes on there. Where, same premise, you could buy stuff, but you could sell, you get store credit, you trade, and they're, and they're pretty fair about it. Where you work, Emily, I think is the only place in the whole city where you could really do that. So I appreciate that experience because I know that if there's something there I like, uh, I'll always be able to at least make a play for it. So you guys are really fair. And I appreciate that a lot. No, appreciate, I love hearing that. Appreciate having you. You're one of the, the easier people to make deals with just because it's friendly, you know? What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> Emily, I, I, want, I want to ask about that because you know everybody here on Crosstown Cardboard, they see Craig when he's ready to be on camera. <laughs> You know, they see the guy who's, you know, coming home from school and he's still presentable. He's professional. He, you know, he's got this persona that he's developed online. I'm <laughs> curious. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, obviously. But I'm curious, what is it like to deal with Craig in the shop? And, you know, how would you describe him to somebody who doesn't know him? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, before, before I had even met Craig, there were a few days I'd, I'd come in on Monday and there'd be some like a nice selection of soccer slabs freshly added to our case. And I'd be like, where did these come from? And my manager, Ben, would always be like, oh, have you like not met Craig yet? Like Craig's kind of our guy when it comes to soccer slabs. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'll get around to it. And then um, a few days there were groups of kids that would come in and they'd be like, oh, you know Craig? And I'm like, who is this Craig guy, man? <laughs> And these kids are like, oh, he coaches, like he coaches for the club that we play in, the soccer club that we play in. Like when you right. see him, tell him we say hi, like Craig sent us. And I was like, all right, geez. And um, I think it was like my first or second trade night. And um, I've you were kind of, Craig, you were kind of waiting for me down by the little soccer section. And I, in my head, I was like, oh, this guy definitely wants a deal. But nice as ever was like, oh, I, I heard you're the, the soccer record of the store. I'm kind of the soccer guy. And I was like, oh, I know who you are. No introduction needed, but honestly, like sincerely, Craig, you were probably like not even saying this to gas you up on your podcast. Too late. One of the easy, like the like easiest people to make a deal with because you were very fair as well. And I never feel like there's an angle you're trying to work, which I feel like kind of comes up a lot um, mm. with some people that come into the store, but you're straight into the point. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words and real recognize real is all it comes down to. And I know soccer doesn't move that well in the store, but I have to give myself credit. Majority of the soccer slabs that I have traded to you, gone. So I sell you the good stuff. I got you. You do. You do. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you know, Craig always has some some good cards, and I'm interested, Emily, because that works perfectly into talking about what you like to collect. You know, we've talked about the store, cards and coffee, bleaker trading. That stuff is great, and that's professional cards. But what about your personal collection? And I think you brought a few cards to show off also. Yeah, um, so kind of over the years, like my collecting styles changed a little bit. Um, when I was growing up, I collected predominantly basketball or all sorts of basketball. Um, took a long hiatus, kind of got back into this the hobby around 2018, 2019. Um, and around then is when I was really into the Premier League and into soccer. Um, so that kind of is what, what I was collecting for the longest time. And as I've been at the shop and just kind of been like just oversaturated with cards, I've been consolidating a bit, kind of mm-hmm. picking out what I like the most. Um, so I'll begin with the, what you'd expect being from the Bay Area. I'm a huge diehard Warriors fan. Um, so okay. I'm, this is one of my favorite cards. This actually came in through the shop. A guy from Australia had basically the whole set, but oh, there's your reflection. I don't know if you can see. Oh, Baron Davis. Okay. Baron Davis, sensation or uh, essential credentials from uh, EX Fleer. It's numbered to bookend 69 out of 69, which is also a little laughing factor there. But <laughs> this is one of my favorite cards. Um, I can remember this set like as a kid, and he was just still is probably my favorite point guard ever. So this was a card that when it came in, I knew I had to have. <laughs> oh, 607. What was that? Was that 2006, 2007? Mm-hmm. There you go. Wow, Aaron Davis, favorite point guard, and you're a Warriors fan. Sweet. I feel like that needs a little uh, – before we get into another card, I feel like Baron Davis – I don't know if you consider Steph a point guard, but, I mean, he play, that's his title. Yes. But, wow, that's a, that's a big compliment for Baron over there. I will say you nailed it on the head. That's kind of my cop-out. Um in terms of true oh, okay. point guards, true, true. Like, okay, gotcha. Okay. Let's see. I'll go Baron there. And that's just, again, nostalgia growing up. Um, my family had season tickets, not during any of the really fun years, but went to a lot of games at Oracle and saw him play. We believe, but the we believe years, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, that dunk on Andre Karolinko was an all-timer. Electric. Um, let's see. What else do I have? So you went to a lot of Warriors games growing up? I did. Oh, I mean, what a what an easy way to collect. You love them. You know, like we talk about the Knicks on here. We love the Knicks. We talk about Knicks cards, I would say, one every two or three episodes. So you understand. You love the Warriors. So, so fun to collect Warriors cards. Let's it see is. the next. The next, um, let's see. This is another one. This is one of, this is a realm I've kind of been slowly getting myself into. And that's non-sports, uh, mm. like pop culture cards. I like that. Okay. Oasis. My favorite band here, Oasis. Um, the 1995. 1995 Smash Hits. Uh, cool. That's a very affordable set to kind of get into collecting. Um, it's one that I discovered actually, I cannot tell you the name of it, but some thrift store in the East Village had a bunch of sealed boxes of that product. L-Train? So I, what was that? Uh, L-Train Vintage. There's a really good one on like 1st and 13th. It might have been. I'm no, not what sure. am I talking about? There's there there are dozens of thrift stores in yeah. East <laughs> But that kind of that kind of got that ball rolling. Um and that's what I've been into collecting. And that again is like no like resellability, just like fully like something that I'm into and I know I'm gonna hold close for a while. 
And then this one, it's Warriors again, but I had to bring it on. You can guess which one. Shout oh, out nice. on this one. Nice. That's the Clay Thompson Kaboom PSA 9 that I sold to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was an e- that was an easy deal. That was great. That was. Um, a funny story about that card. When I had gotten back into the hobby, I went to my LCS in San Francisco. Shout out Classic Materials and Collectibles. Um, and they had kind of their higher end case and that Clay Thompson Kaboom was sitting in it. And um, I kind of remember like being like, oh, like, well, how much, how much is one of those run you? And he told me, and like, I remember my head kind of spun and I was like, all right, one, one day, like I'll I'll be able to, you know, kind of collect kabooms and cards that like, I'll be able to see and be like, yeah, that's mine. And so I had followed you for a minute, Carmine, and i saw you post it. And I was like, ah, I kind of wanted to buy it graded already. And then like a few weeks passed by and you posted it again. And I was like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was pretty easy to I, I don't think it took too many messages. And then we were just like, and then I found out you were friends with Craig, and that you worked at Cards and Coffee full time. And it's just so nice when you can eliminate a lot of the headaches and just oh, this person sure. wants the card. And if it's going to somebody who's going to collect it, it's so much easier than you know, somebody who's trying to either flip it or, you know, resell it. So that was that was nice that I mean, come on, come on. It's everything you just said in the last 30 seconds is exactly what happened with me and Emily a couple days ago. It is oh, yeah. Had a card on my sale. I mean, yeah. it was like two messages back and forth. Boom, deal. Done. Deal closed. I'm like, what Emily. Card, what card was that? I'm like, Emily, here, here's what I, I'm into it for. Would you like it at that price? And I have, there's very few people I would have given that offer to in this whole hobby. I, I will right. say, when you, when you led with that, I was like, all right. Uh, it's and <laughs> I have the spreadsheets, the very organized spreadsheets to prove it, that that was my price. Anyway, it's uh, Rose Lavelle. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a ooh, good lighting. Good lighting on the camera here. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2001, 2021-22 Rose Lavelle Obsidian. Lightning Strike Autograph, PSA 9, 10 Autograph. And I was correct. I didn't confirm this, but I was correct. It is out of 25. There we go. Top one. I know you're a soccer collector. Women's World Cup's coming up, so this is a dope card. Very happy it's going to you. Appreciate it. Now that that was another one too. Um, I grew up playing soccer, and uh, the last World Cup, watching Roosevelt play, I was kind of just like, see, as a kid, this is who I thought I played like. Definitely was nowhere near it, but she's a stud. And um, I think especially with kind of like newer women's sets, it's hard to find them in higher grades. I saw that. It's my buddy Craig. So. You'll have to be done. <laughs> you still play soccer? Kick it around here and there, okay. but. <laughs> so I keep putting it into existence at some point, you know, uh, at Culture Collision, there was a basketball tournament. At some point, there's going to be mm. a hobby soccer tournament. So stick that in the tickler file. We'll revisit that in a couple of years. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm, uh, you're on the squad is what I'm saying. Let's go. That's another deal. That's a, that's a, <laughs> a sign and trade right there. Verbal commitment. You heard it. that's great so emily we were mentioning the women's world cup and you know there's been a big discussion of course of them trying to get exposure equal treatment with the men and all that those kind of things because you know for the most part sports and especially sports cards there's a lot of guys and it's guy oriented so what is it like being a woman in the space and you know working full-time probably not seeing too many women in the store, but 
how do you navigate those tricky kind of scenarios? Yeah, so I, I will say um, growing up, majority of my hobbies were quote unquote boy hobbies. So just like sports, collecting, skateboarding, all of that stuff. So it wasn't new territory for me. Um, I will say though, like being in person and as you were mentioning, like I think predominantly, I go around honestly, like 97% of the people that come in the store that are looking to collect are male. Um, that wow. is excluding the moms and the girlfriends that you can tell don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets to, it can be tough at times. Um, again, like I said, it's nothing I'm not really used to, which doesn't make it okay. But like, there are some conversations that are had or like, there will always be like kind of side comments. Um, especially when it comes to like women's sports and while I hate that and it's not, it's not everyone. And by all means, I'm not trying to like peg that on male collectors as as a whole, but stuff like that does come up. Um, But I will say like my coworkers and the team we have at cards and coffee are just the best guys ever. Um, I want to shout out my buddy, Chris card by Chris uh, who works at the store as well. He's actually a huge women's soccer, uh, women's tennis. I know he has a big Naomi Osaka collection. I forgot Uh, to, I forgot to shout out Chris earlier. (laughs) My bad. Chris is my guy. I'm so sorry, Chris. Chris is the man. Um, But just being surrounded by like, and being supported while also not feeling like, I don't know. I, I've, I've brought it up to Chris before, but I really enjoy that when I'm at work and when I'm talking to those guys and when there are people coming in, and I'm able to talk to them and not be kind of made aware that I'm a woman. I don't know how to phrase that, but mm-hmm. just being able to communicate like collector to collector rather than, cause I'll get the comments like, oh, you must collect WNBA or you must collect that. And it's like, yeah, I do, but collect other things as well. So I will say like the support in the community in New York is a good one. Um, the good experiences tremendously outweigh the bad ones. Um, and a lot of the times, no one means it, but it'll be like the older gentleman that comes in being like, oh, like you collect, like what, like, what are you doing here type thing. But uh, it's generational. And I will say it's getting better. It is getting a lot better. And Craig, I don't know if you were at our last trade night, but there was a decent turnout of women. Um, we've had people come in uh, just off the top of my head. There was a woman that came in that collects Star Wars. And she was asking if we had the new Galaxy in, and I was telling her we don't, but I was able to get her in touch with 973 Collectibles. Shout out Tommy. And they Tom were, from North Jersey. They were able to meet up at trade night, and they actually got some deals done. So that was like. Oh, I did see that. That yeah, was a pretty, cool. like, I don't want to take credit, but, like, that was just a very, like, wholesome interaction. You middleman. You like, made a deal. You were the plug. Yes, that was yeah. a Baron, Baron Davis assist. There we go. Um, but I will say like slowly, but surely, uh, by no means is it anywhere to close to tipping the scales, but we have been getting some women in the store that are interested in collecting. Um, what I love, like one of my most favorite interactions is when mothers come in and ask if we have WNBA or women's soccer or anything women's related for their daughter. Cause like their daughter has brothers and they're used to seeing them rip packs of like all men's things. Um, so the tides are changing. There's still a lot of work to be done, um, but especially with the World Cup coming up, I know um, I was actually just listening today. Taylor Rooks had an interview with Megan Rapinoe, 
And she said she's just excited for people to tune in and see all of the awesome that's been going on for years and just kind of being made known to it. Um, and I just feel that way with the hobby as well. I think it's not marketed by any means as a woman, like as a hobby for women, but I want more and more women to see that it's like just collecting at the end of the day. There's, there's no gender role when it comes to it. It's, it's just been a hobby that has been dominated by men, but by no means does that make it exclusive to men. Yeah. Well said, well yeah. said. So when you're in the store, Emily, and you know, you made that awesome connection from the woman who wanted to collect star Wars and collecting her to your buddy in North Jersey and that kind of thing. What do you see as your role in making the hobby more accessible to women or encouraging more women to be involved in the hobby? Uh, I mean, for me, I think it's, I'm just in such a unique position that just everyone kind of comes like, I get to just witness everything, every type of transaction. So in the case that a woman comes in and is curious, I like take it upon myself to just kind of educate or just kind of make it seem less intimidating. Cause I will say, even when I started at the store, being someone that has collected still intimidating as hell. Right. So just trying to make it a more, friendlier atmosphere just more inviting um and yeah honestly just trying to make connections for other people as well i'm i'm lucky enough that i get to make connections every day when i'm in there but for someone that kind of only operates via instagram or like do, like doesn't have the means to make connections in person um i'd like to see myself as a bridge and i hope that i can do that well you're definitely doing a great job so you keep up the good work appreciate that yeah, I mean, you're right there on the ground floor as far as, you know, possibly opening up a whole new world to somebody who doesn't, you know, collect and be that, you know, man, woman, child, I mean, whoever it is, because if you're anxious or not certain about jumping into anything, those roadblocks in a way turn from a speed bump to like a brick wall, you know, I mean, it's just, it's at least in my life experience, like, if I'm worried about something, then something comes up and makes it more difficult. Then I'm like, oh, wow, that's even bigger of a blow rather than somebody stepping in and, and shrinking down that anxiety and being welcoming and causing it to just, you know, come much more easily. Yes. This is deep. Good thoughts here, though. Thank you for sharing all that. That's a, some important perspective. My, my niece, she's turning five soon. She went to the Denver card show. The way, I'm, the way I'm saying it, it's like uh, she went herself, but obviously my brother-in-law and uh, sister-in-law took her. And from everything I saw, she had a great time, and it came down to apparently every table gave her something. Because, like, why wouldn't you? You see this young five-year-old girl walking around the card show, make sure she has the best experience possible. And I feel like you guys do that at the shop uh, as well. So it's great stuff. Uh I know we always got trade nights. I know that's a lot for you guys. Do you go to shows too? Like, are you going to national? Do you set up, go to shows? Are you by yourself? Are you with the company? Yeah. So I will say I've actually never been to a show. Wow. Um, wow. There, there were a few uh, kind of when the world opened back up, uh, back in the Bay Area, there were, weren't really a lot. So I didn't really have the opportunity to get out there. And then since I've started at Cards and Coffee, um, I think we've only been out to one or two and I, I always have something like an obligation the weekends there are, 
but that's definitely number one item on the, on the hobby bucket list. So I've heard crazy stories. I've heard great stories. Um, I just want the experience for sure. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm curious, Emily, when you say most of your purchases um, at the store are in person rather than online, why have you guys made that distinction or is it just too time consuming to do it on Instagram or Facebook? Um, so it's a little bit of both. Um, time consuming is one. So mainly we kind of decided that if we were to like switch or like half and half online in person, someone's kind of full-time role would have to be that like online seller. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I will say like, I've been on Instagram, like our store Instagram, like going through DMS and when it's like, and then it just becomes a madhouse in the store and it's kind of hard to juggle. It, it, it sounds funny, but like literally like the store is just Craig, you've seen it. It can just be a madhouse, like within the course of five minutes, the next thing you know. Um, so that I think honestly has been the main reason. And then just secondly, uh, we're kind of, we're a short staff team. There's like five or six of us. So I think just focusing on like the retail and the product and like what's in front of us has just been the goal. And I know um, another thing that kind of came up once is like someone sold something online that was in the case, right? As someone in the store was kind of looking at it and that was kind Ooh. of the thing. Ooh, yeah. So it would have to be like kind of sourcing a whole nother side wave of product just for our online. Mm hmm but I'm all for it. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're thinking that might be a way for the shop to expand maybe in the future. I think so. Um, we are a chain. I, I don't know if you're familiar, but we like our first store is in Hollywood is in LA and they are predominantly breakers. Like they break 24 seven, um, 365, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And they kind of mainly operate online. So I feel like it's kind of just their that side and we're the like storefront boots on ground side ah a little east coast west coast biggie tupac uh you know what i mean type, exactly. type of rivalry here that, <laughs> that kind of fits though that makes sense um, i like that you're thinking uh, outside the box like maybe if you guys did go online as well there's some stale inventory like any shop right so something to think about you're you're, you're thinking how to like it for sure <laughs> all right uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to get this question in there. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I have a general idea of what you collect. Is there like a grail that you, a card that you absolutely need to have? I mean, I, personally, I don't have a chase card, it's just whatever I see. Is there anything you really, one day you're going to get? It's funny because I, like I was saying earlier, um, I was under the weather today, so I spent the majority of the day in bed just scrolling through eBay, as one does. Nice. Um, <laughs> there is... The Steph Curry rookie, the top Steph Curry rookie, that has the inscription "Night Night," and mm. that is one that is one that I saw today. That I was just like, "Yeah, that's that's going on the list." Wow, that's um, cool. that's just one I have fresh on my head. I'm sure there are others, but that was the one that like jumped to my brain when you asked that. Recency bias. That's okay. It's a sweet yeah. card. You're worth yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, I mean, if you're you're going to talk West Coast, you got to throw in Snoop Dogg. I don't want to leave him out also but i've seen the person on instagram who has all those inscribed steph curry cards and i've talked to him a few times that's a pretty expensive card that's like five i think around the 5k range maybe 
you know, for one of those. And I don't know if he's friends with Steph Curry or how he's like the main guy who has all these different inscriptions, you know, baby faced assassin, (laughs) three point record holder, uh, change the game. I've seen all the different ones, but, uh, that's funny because the night night is more of a recent, you mm-hmm. know, thing that he's now known for. But I always love those inscriptions. I have, um, I was showing this off a few episodes ago, but I don't know if you've seen this, Emily. This, uh, oh, the Pete Weber. You, you know about this one? Okay, because a lot of people don't, you know, if they're not um, into bowling at all. But I guess he has, you know, he's transcended the uh, the lanes into the. Okay the main um, sporting area where it, it says, who do you think you are? I am on this uh, leaf autograph of Pete Weber when he won his fifth U S open title, which was a record at the time. But uh, yeah, those inscription cards hit different. So I'm glad awesome. we share that collecting thing in common on those. I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that card up Carmine, because I saw you post it today actually uh, from a family of competitive bowlers. Oh, really? I I like totally know who Pete Weber is. Like he is always on my TV on Sundays back home. So wow, wow. I didn't really made that card, and I saw that today. I actually took a screenshot and sent it to my parents. So oh nice! Wow, great. look at that full circle, yeah, huh? So you're a good cool. bowler. I'm decent. High score, high score right now. Come on, um, all time high score. Probably like in the two teens somewhere. What? You're a great okay. bowler. Are you no, kidding? Okay. That, that's that's cool, but that's like a like I, I was like locked in. It was probably like my fifth game of the day. Like it was just dealing. <laughs> dealing. Yeah. I used to bowl from fourth grade through high school. And I'll tell you what, don't um anybody out there listening and they're knocking bowlers. It takes a lot of focus, precision, consistency, competitiveness. You know, I mean, look at Pete what look how fired up Pete Weber was. That's not the only guy who gets juiced like that. You know, I mean, it's t- it, it's still a competition. We're, yeah. We're I'm, I'm, a terrible bowler. I'm a terrible bowler despite having my best friend growing up had a bowling alley in his basement. So I didn't really capitalize on that. So you guys would cook me. <laughs> you didn't. That's a big time friend. <laughs> is, is, is this friend famous now? No. No. Oh. Just go home. Go home. Okay. <laughs> Emily, do you have any other cards that you wanted to show off or any anything uh, before we wrap up? Um, I know you're looking through a few others there. I am. I'm going kind of filtering through. I don't think any, like, particularly that comes to mind. Oh, actually, though, I will say, I told them uh, I'd shout yeah. them out. I kind of just half did. But shout out my mom and dad. Best supporters ever. I mean, I think when your kid tells you they want to work full time at a card shop, that's probably not, like, what they had on their, on their bingo card. But... They've been super supportive. Uh, they've come through. They've been to a trade night. And what kind of got me back into the hobby, uh, my dad one Christmas, just kind of great gift giver, just kind of bought me a bunch of cards that he thought I'd like. And this one, when I was going through my stuff, found the other day, SP, Candace Parker in the Tennessee jersey. Nice. Sweet. And That's so sweet. This sentimental value to the roof on this card. So I want to share that one as well. <laughs> oh monster candace parker throwing down the dunks in college with pat summit and the yes. national titles Goat. Yeah. That was my team. when did you first start collecting emily is this i know you said you got back into it 2018 19 and then you've been working at the card store for a year now but it seems like you've been in the hobby for a long time yeah so i first probably like 2004 2005 um 
me and my cousin were just obsessed with just ribbon packs. And all the Warriors cards, just for the Warriors cards. So not that I can remember pulling anything crazy. Um, but yeah, those collections, those binders are long gone. But that's kind of what got me started back a long time ago. Nice. So we're talking the the mid two thousands back when basketball was like Fleer and Upper Deck and Tops. Yes, that is my favorite era. So fun. Mm-hmm. So final question, Emily: Is the Warriors dynasty done? So there's there's, there's hesitation. I I don't want to sound like that that biased just Warriors fan of being like no. I think uh, I do think though that our, our days are numbered. We're in win now mode, as the the trades have made it seem. Um, I wouldn't say we're done, but this year will be a kind of a decide. Like this year may or may not change my answer to that question is what I'll say. Yeah. Did you, did you like the Chris Paul move? I'm 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 all for it. Um, it was kind of a just a shock at first, but now that I've had time to digest and process it. I'm happy to have him leading a second unit. So, no, oh, putting Chris on the bench. Okay. Chris, I'm, ho- I'm putting okay. him. Wow. I know. Okay. Uh, so, close out games, though. So, now, now we got to get you a cool Chris Paul card if he uh, wins, helps you win a championship. Yes. Oh, yeah. I will, I will make that. I will, I'll, I'll put that in writing right now. If we win a championship with Chris Paul, I'm going Chris Paul hunting. <laughs> so, Craig, just pick up some Chris Paul cards now so that you can trade Emily in the store for some soccer cards that you want. Oh, great idea. I mean, I'm going to leverage ahead. this for sure. I'm going to leverage this. Thinking ahead. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Emily. Um, we just really appreciate your time. You know, uh, first sports card podcast, and we're happy that you chose Crosstown Cardboard to uh, come hang out, share your insights personally, your collecting style, what what it's like being at a sports card store full-time, working there, and then New York City, West Village, in New York City, somewhere Craig has built a connection with all you guys there. And if you want to follow Emily's journey, she's at young Millie underscore cards on Instagram. That's at young M-I-L-E-E underscore cards on Instagram. Lots of great Golden State Warriors things, cards and coffee, bleaker trading. And uh, just an overall great person to know. And um, 24 years old now, full-time in the hobby, working at Cards and Coffee. And it'll be really cool to continue following her collecting journey. And uh, I learned a lot. I really enjoyed this. So thank you. I did too. Thank you guys again for having me. All right. Peace. Peace.